Hey, so Tony, welcome back to the program. You're watching the game on Saturday and you see Brian McLennan's reaction at halftime and at full time. And how much have you agreed with every single thing that he said? Oh, look, yeah, look, I've got to say that um, I was watching the game. I couldn't get to Wellington, um, but I was watching the the next place you can watch a game in Auckland, and that's at the Cav Tavern on uh, on the hill there in Ponsonby. Um, and, and I was sinking into a hole knowing at half time that uh, the Kiwis probably repelled five opportunities from Fiji um, and the amount of energy that they used. And I said to um, my partner who was watching it with that, you know, the Kiwis will find it really tough to win this one um, um, if Fiji come out and score first in the second half because they've just, they just got so much energy, you know, the speed off the line and, and bits and pieces like that. And, and what transpired uh, post-game... Um, you know, I've had a couple of days to think about it. I've listened to all the interviews. I've listened to Blairy. I've listened to Kitty. Um, listened to what people have had to say. And and just the, the spin on, you know, the, the conversation, what what got me when they said that, you know, you got what you wanted. Um, there were people that didn't want us to win. I'm I'm sitting there thinking, how who used that as motivation for a World Cup? Because in the side, in the side, someone in that structure has said, "Here's an opportunity to stick it up some people who don't want you to win." Because the the message that came out of Blairy Kitty and and Sean Johnson was exactly the same. So it was used uh, as motivation, and I just think that is so wrong. Um, when they said, you know, the, the the fans needed to come out and support support us, I think what they were meant to say was, where was the marketing in New Zealand that drove fans into the into the stadium from not only the World Cup organisers, but from the NZRL. And that would be a question I'd be asking because there was a sea of red in, in, in Hamilton um, and there was no one in, in Wellington. And, and that's, a, a, that's not the Kiwi team's fault. Hmm. That's, a, that's, a, that's a marketing issue of driving punters in through the, through the gate. So, you know, they were, they, the, 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 the rhetoric that was coming out from those, from those players and that coach that was instilled before the tournament, and and they got that part of it wrong. They should have never questioned the Kiwi um, supporter, or because what they actually did was they said they basically said to me as a Kiwi person that played in their jersey that I didn't support them, and that is the furthest from the truth. Yeah, um, you know, like Sean Johnson, he he had comments afterwards as well. But I mean, during the game, I think when I'm looking and I see a side that's only scored two points. He's the guy that I'm looking to to pull out that Kobe Bryant moment in the final minute, right? He's he's the guy with magic. That's why he's there. That's why the Warriors have given him so much money for this year, Tony. But as I look back at his at his career, so 2011 came into the Warriors, played really well. Uh, his first Kiwis game, he does that massive big long intercept to score the try. Do you think that maybe gave us uh, like a, a false sense of where of where he was at, or or um, I should say a false sense of expectation? On what he could do, because maybe he's not the magic, the magic Kobe Bryant guy that I think he is. Well, he's not Kobe Bryant. Um, the difference between Sean Johnson and Kobe Bryant is Kobe Bryant showed up and and had the most assists and the most the most goals uh, consistently week in week out, and that's the difference between a good and a great player. Jonathan Thurston, Cooper Cronk, um, Andrew Johns—they never played a bad game. They played their bad game was a good game. Um, but they play great games consistently, and that's why Sean Johnson would never be in that in that put into that bracket. And that and I think because of the brilliance that he has shown sporadically throughout his career, we have put him on that pedestal. Like we've we've given him a golden boot. Um, we've you know we've seen him win games. Um, 
in the NRL with one piece of magic, you know, whether it was the game against England where he's won it in the last minute, the last time they played up there, um, whether it's the Warriors when he's won it in the last minute against um, a Melbourne or a top team. But, you know, the expectation on Sean Johnson is too high. Look, I was watching that and I was thinking to myself, after that game, if there was another game coming, he probably wouldn't be my starting halfback. You know, his game was that poor on the weekend that you couldn't just say, look, I, I just need to give you another crack, mate. Um, you know, he had Cody Nicarima there that went with Brisbane through the finals. You'd probably say, look, I'm going to give this kid a crack because I think what's manifest is that all the players think the same as we do and they think that he's going to pull out the, the, the big big play every game. And unfortunately, um, it's going to take a brave coach to say one day to Sean Johnson, mate, you need to sit on the bench and, and sit this one out. Hey, Tony, can you build a case to retain David Kidwell as coach? Oh, look, I've been in that spot, boys, and um, again, you know, what a horrible feeling. He, had to, he was he was gone through, isolated, you know. I, I've always said that I felt sorry for David Kidwell. You know, he's he was he was on a hiding to nothing this year. Um, right up until the final hour of his selection of the Kiwi team, he was putting out, not bonfires, he was putting out you know, massive bonfires um, that were really detrimental to the success of the side, and they got what they were always going to get. And and you look at the, you know, they surrounded him with a coach out of the NRL who had 30 years, and all he won was a wooden spoon in Brian Smith. You know, the the man who's had the sweetest victory on the weekend was the Fiji and coach Mick Potter because Brian Smith got rid of him from the West Tigers in a review. Um, you know, it's, it, they haven't thought through what they actually needed to support a win, not just on the football field, but off the football field, and they got that horribly wrong. And it, and, and what you saw play out on Saturday night was a poor performance on the football field and a very, very poor performance where they're putting out a big fire at the moment off the football field. And those, it's not just David Kidwell, mate, that probably won't retain his position, but I'd be looking for a broom to go through that whole that whole management structure. Yeah, Tony Kemp uh, is here with us. So when that review comes out, like what sort of thing... It happens in a review on what is likely to be shown up and what are we likely to hear about? Well, the, the, you're probably like, you're likely to hear nothing, to be honest, because right. they, they, are wrapped in, they are wrapped in secrecy. And you've got to remember that they had a, had a review um, with High Performance Sport and a, and a couple of ex-Kiwis uh, post the Anzac test and came up with currently what, which was the worst outcome ever. Um, so understanding what that review looks like. And, and I don't think that the people at head office actually believe that there's people in this country that could, could, could support them. And that's, that's, a, that's a real uh, indictment on our, on, our, on our knowledge as a group of people here in New Zealand. So, so get, getting out into what does it look like, one, it has to be an independent review because it's just showing you if it isn't an independent review and it's run by the current people that are in there, that, they, they ain't going to look at the right things. Um, but secondly, it's about the people that they get to do this independent review. Because if they come, you know, high-performance sport isn't the answer. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. It's, you know, people that have been there, that have taken them to the top, that know what, what, to, what to do to get the best out of the team. And I would actually include the current crop of players in, from 2009 to 2013 that took them from they were they were at that stage the third best team in the world they were losing consistently to England and Australia that took them to number one in the world and when they came out that that year when they were number one they gave them a that they won their first Anzac test because they believed that they were the number one in the world you got to think now 
in such a short period of time. They, they're somewhere sitting between fifth and eighth in the world because um, you don't know whether they'll beat Papua New Guinea if they were to play in a playoff game for fifth, fifth or sixth. Um, and you don't know whether they'd beat Lebanon if they played for, for seventh or eighth. So, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a, an area which I'm pretty sure the, the, the powers that be are looking at and going, well, how do we put it together to make sure that we, we don't, you know, We've been in the spot now for for three years. We need we need to get out of it pretty quickly. Tony Kemp, as always, thanks very Thank much you. for your time, Tony. He's part of the radio sport commentary team.